Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us, we want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I am your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this episode are Terry Cushman coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina and Cody Paulson coming to us from Houston, Texas. Cody by way of Ponte Vedra, Florida and Terry by way of Wyndham, Maine. Terry, how are you and where can the fans find you on Twitter? I am excellent as always and the fans can find me at Cushman MLB. Excellent. Cody, how are you and where can the fans find you? Riding a high off a sweep. The fans can find me on Twitter at the Cody Paulson. Absolutely. Love it. So with tonight, we have another classic episode of Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. So for our first take of Totally Legit or Calling the Cops, Cody, we're going to let you go first on this one. As long as Shohei Otani is in Major League Baseball and playing in either the American League or the National League, no player, regardless of skill set, has a fair chance at the MVP in that prospective league. Is that totally legit? Or are you calling the cops? So I look at this a little bit of two ways, right? Um, in baseball, I think you see it different from other leagues, right? Other leagues, they give, you know, three, maybe four MVPs, and then you get MVP fatigue, or you get, you know, uh, most outstanding offensive player or best quarterback or whatever. Baseball is a little bit different, right? You know, you have Roger Clemens, seven Cy Youngs, you have Barry Bonds, seven MVPs. Uh, but I do think there is going to be a little bit of MVP fatigue for Shohei Otani, but it's going to be one of those like, all right, we know he's the best player in the game, right? Because he's doing it both on the mound and in the batter's box. And he's doing, you know, something crazy. Charlie, I think you mentioned it. He had six home runs this week while also, you know, probably throwing like a, a two run seven inning start. Uh, but I think other players are going to win the award after he's won a few of them. And it be, might be one of those things where like the league kind of accepts like, hey, Shohei, we can't give it to you over and over and over again. You're very good. You're very accomplished. You're great. But, you know, somebody else did something cool or there's a storyline that we need to highlight or a narrative that we want to push. So I'm going to call the cops. I think other players are going to win the MVP while he is in the league still. Terry, I am going to say that it's totally legit for the foreseeable future. I mean, man, the dude's an ace pitcher and an MLB stud hitter. As of the other day, I think he was leading MLB and hit and uh, not hits uh, home runs. And I just, I'm speechless. Uh, so basically, I just don't know how you could give it to anybody else with a straight face, uh, you know, for the next few years, unless he gets injured. I mean, that could obviously hamper it. Um, it just occurred to me on baseball reference. I don't know. Uh, I can't access his pitching. Um, so I'm not going to tinker with that right now on the spot. But I want to give a take on it uh, from a different perspective. I don't like the fact that the baseball writers of America, because they're the ones who vote on this, 
I don't like how they give it to players that are not in the playoffs. I think it should go to someone who gets their team into the playoffs. Uh, a good example of this, ironically, it was an Angels versus Red Sox player. Mookie Betts, 2016. It, it was a pretty close margin. Mike Trout wins the MVP, but he went home in October. Mookie Betts went into the postseason. And granted, we did get sweeped by the Indians, as they were called that season. Um, I just thought Mookie should have won it based on that. Uh, you know, it was close regardless. And I just think it's a wasted award, you know, because how, how valuable was he if they didn't make the playoffs? So if you put that twist on it, I think that's how you get around Shohei winning it automatically. Cause he's amazing at literally everything in life. Like I, <laughs> You know what? It's a mean omelet too, would, Terry. He does make a mean omelet. What would Shohei lose at in life? I mean, he would probably be the paper rock scissors champion. He would probably be. He would win everything. You know, it's, I actually learned something fun about him. He actually likes playing card games and cribbage. Shohei plays cribbage. I knew that would get you going. No, he doesn't play <laughs> I have no idea. But I knew that would get you, get you going. Right. So here, here's my thing. As far as this being totally legit calling the cops, I do think it's totally legit. Um, he has a teammate by the name of Mike Trout that between the years of 2012 and 2019 finished lower than second one time. In seven of those eight years, he won three MVPs, one rookie of the year. In his first full season – in Major League Baseball, he came in second for the voting when he just absolutely torched everybody. And he just was not – you just – you couldn't put him down. This guy just was unbelievable. Even with a major back injury where people thought his career was going to be over, he still ended up having 40 home runs last year in only 119 games. The guy is a freak of nature as far as Mike Trout is concerned. And then you add someone who can do that plus pitch. Shohei Otani, as of right now, tonight is leading the league in both home runs and RBIs 24 home runs, 58 RBIs. He's not stopping. And as Cody and I were sharing earlier, we were talking about it. Six home runs this week. Shohei can hit one or two home runs and hit, you know, strike out 10 guys every game. In my mind, I don't care if uh, you can, I don't care if you're the best pitcher, the best hitter, but when you have, when you have both in one person, giving it to somebody else just doesn't feel right. It would, it would cheapen the MVP award because honestly, if somebody has a, a quality year, yeah, sure. All right, cool. You're, you'll get consideration. You'll be nominated or whatever. You'll be in the top three, top four. If he's in there and he finishes the year 16 and six with 240 strikeouts and 45 home runs and hundred RBIs. I'm sorry. There's no way you're not giving it to that guy. I'm sorry. Because there are 95% of Major League Baseball who can't pitch like that. And there's 99% of Major League Baseball that can't hit like that. You're literally one of five or six guys that can hit like that. And you're one of eight or nine pitchers that can do that. And you're the same person? That's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. So I, I think it's totally legit. I don't think anyone has a fair chance so long as he's in the league. Cody, something else you want to add? Or is that Terry? Sorry, Terry, go ahead. Yeah. So... My biggest fear is that 
the Astros will sign him. And I don't think they're the front runner by any means, but I'm like, how insane would that be? Because they're just going to develop all these great players around him. They go, they go to the World Series all the time. I, I just, what happens if he goes to a team like that? He's going to have so many rings. And nope. Charlie, anytime anybody mentions the Astros, he just he gets, <laughs> he gets highly middle, irrational. Uh, right field in Houston. Charlie he hates feasts at Yankee Stadium. Charlie hates the Astros so much that he's picked the Angels to win the division four years in a row. Um, but final question. <laughs> final question on Otani. When all is said and done, and let's see, how old is he? He's gonna be 30 this year, maybe. No, uh, 29 I don't think year. he's, I don't think, yeah, yeah he's young. He'll be 29 on July 5th, my mom's uh, birthday, by the way. And uh, ironically, uh, the another Japanese player who's really good, um, Masataki Yoshida, has my birthday, July 15th. So it's weird, the two Japanese studs in MLB have, uh, you know, same birthdays in my family. But um, will he be the greatest player that ever lived? Um, I think it's going to, he's definitely going to be one that's, he's definitely the best player in our generation. Like he'll be remembered more than Barry Bonds and Barry Bonds has the MLB record for home runs currently, whether you want to acknowledge that or not because of the whole steroid HGH, Balco, whatever, that whole uh, era. But, um, here's the thing, as far as home runs are concerned, he had 150 home runs and he did it in like 600 and. 36 or 635 games. I forget the stat. And then Hideki Matsui had 150 in almost twice that number of games. Literally. He's going to crush everything that comes his way. Literally insane. Uh, Cody, it looks like you want to say something else too. I mean, I think it's going to come down to longevity, right? I don't think we've seen a player, you know, sustain the level of brilliance that he has so far. Um, and I, for one, would love to continue to see him do this. This isn't like a, uh, you know, old man yells at clouds kind of take here. Um, for me to say that he is the greatest that ever done it, he's going to have to do it for a little bit longer than, I would say, five or so years. Uh, we want to see it for the better part of a decade, if not a decade plus. Absolutely. So I think uh, with that, uh, we could keep talking about Shohei all night. Um, but we're going to slide right into the second one for totally legit or calling the cops. Terry, I will let you go first on this one. The Boston Red Sox will surprise everyone and not be sellers at the MLB trade deadline. Is this totally legit or are you calling the cops? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, we've got what? Six weeks to go here. I think we're going to be sellers. I really think we're going to be sellers. So I'm going to, I guess I'm calling the cops, but we're two games back right now. Let's look at the standings real quick. Like who's, who's going to get worse. Who's going to get worse for us to be in the playoffs because I think the Rays legitimately don't have to do a thing at the deadline. And they're probably, you know, they're looking pretty good. The Orioles are 17 games above 500 right now. 17. 
they're only going to get better, I think. They're going to get John Means back. They'll probably make a move for another pitcher, hopefully better than Cole Irwin. <laughs> I mean, what was the logic in that one? Um, that was their big offseason trade, I guess, with um, Oakland. But, I mean, so they're going to get better. I The Yankees, you would think, are going to make some moves. I think... I've, I'm resigned to the fact that the Blue Jays are always going to disappoint me in terms of, you know, underachieving. I, but they're probably going to be better than what they are right now. I don't think the Rangers are going anywhere. The Angels, surprisingly, still hanging on. I just, you know, you could get at least two, one or two wild cards out of that AL West. I just don't see the Red Sox making a run and to not not blow it up for the second year in a row. And, and when I say blow it up and be sellers, I'm just talking about the short-term guys, people with one to three years of control left. You know, Justin Turner, James Paxton. Again, I mentioned it last episode. We did a show on the trade deadline last week. It was a good episode. Go listen to it if you have time. But um, I just don't. I don't see how we can be five games out of it and look ourselves in the mirror and make the same mistake we did last year. I think the Red Sox are in an incredibly difficult position to make the decision between being buyers or being sellers at the deadline. Um, as Terry mentioned, you know, we are firmly in the mix, uh, you know, it's going to be a mountain to climb in front of us, right? It's not only do we have to win games, but the teams that are in front of us have to lose games. But the schedule does look pretty enticing, right? You know, we're coming off a three-game sweep for the Yankees. Great. Love it. Put it behind us. We got the Twins next, which is a very winnable series. After that, the White Sox, again, very winnable. Marlins could be a little bit difficult, but you never know. And then we've got um, a series, two series with Oakland sandwiched uh, in between, or I guess, it goes Oakland, Chicago, Oakland for the Cubs, right? So, like, that takes us basically through the end of July. And if those series break the right way, this team could fool themselves into thinking that this could be a year in which they could contend. And what I'm terrified more than anything is we do a repeat of what we did last year, right, where we didn't really sell, but we also didn't buy and push the chips in to, to make a run. And then we ended up being in the luxury tax and, and hurting ourselves in the future. Um I think, unfortunately, it's the optimist in me. I think we're going to do well for the next, you know, couple of weeks here, and we're going to talk ourselves into being uh, buyers at the deadline. So I am saying this is totally legit. Charlie, what are your thoughts? I believe that the Red Sox will be sellers. I really don't think that the Red Sox have a really serious go. And for those that were listening – 17 games over 500 is 15 games better than where the Red Sox are right now. And we still don't have all of our pieces back. We don't know how long we've lost some of our other pieces of the pie here. I just don't think the Red Sox have as serious of a chance in 2023. And it just doesn't make sense to go all in and trade pieces away um, or trade prospects away to, to bring in talent when, we're, we're not going to be able to compete against some of these higher echelon teams in the playoffs. We're just not going to be able to do it. So for me, I, I think the Red Sox will will definitely sell. I'm, I'm 
um, this isn't totally legit for me. I think this is calling the cops. I, I don't think um, that we're going to surprise everyone and, and, you know, shock the nation. I've shocked the world. We're, we're, we're going to be sellers. So the Boston Red Sox will surprise everyone, not be sellers. No calling the cops. Uh, Terry, one final thought. Just to expand on the schedule, Cody listed it. The only team that really scares me right now is the Marlins uh, for the rest of the month. Um, you know, they're very good from a starting pitching standpoint, and they're more than adequate offensively. Then you look at July, uh, you got the Blue Jays. I think we the first game against them is June 30th, but then you got them July 1st and 2nd. I don't think we're going to sweep them this time, but you know, not a terrible matchup for us. Uh, then we've got the Texas Rangers that they could definitely thump us. Uh, but then after that, it, it gets easy again. You got the athletics at home for three games. Then you've got the Cubs who aren't particularly scary. Then we go out West, which is weird because the only team we're playing out there on that on that road trip is Oakland. And then we come back East to play um, the Mets and the Braves. It's only a two game set against the Braves as well. Not a three. So that's better for us. And then we, uh, we end the month with uh, going out West again. <laughs> so we got three West coast swings essentially. Uh, against the Giants, and then one game against the Mariners going into the deadline. You can make the case here that if your offense is just off the charts, we could be within a game or, or maybe in possession of that third-place wild card. So it's so close right now. I think ultimately the lack of depth in our rotation is going to sink us. So that's why I had to say – that's why I had to call the cops – and you know, cause I think we're going to be sellers, but it's not a tough schedule really uh, from now until the deadline, only a few teams to be concerned with. Fair enough. Uh, number three for totally legit or calling the cops. Brian Bale continues to show why he should be paid $150 million by the Boston Red Sox. Is this totally legit? Or are you calling the cops? Cody. This is totally legit to me. I mean, this guy has been an absolute stud. I think the the organization is kind of hanging their hat on the fact that they can be able to develop starting pitching again. You know, we haven't really developed one since John Lester. Um, I'm a fan of trying to lock up talent early, kind of run that Braves model because, you know, whatever they're doing is clearly working for them. If we can get uh, Bayo on a contract that is good AAV and, you know, Good for both sides. Sign me up for that. I'll take it every time. He he looks everything the part. Change up's moving great. He's got good velocity. You know, energetic. Um, has a relationship with Pedro, which uh, you know apparently there's some players on the team that don't have you know many relationships with uh, former Hall of Famers. But uh, sign me up. I'm in. Totally legit. Terry. I would say totally legit on an extension. I would call the cops on 150 million. Um, it's just, it's a lot. And we were talking about it on the pre-show. Spencer Strider, six years, 75 million. I think Strider's ceiling is above Bayo's right now. 
if I had to make a wager on which one was going to have the better career, I'd probably put my money on Strider. Um, I could be wrong, and and perhaps it won't be a, a big enough gap anyway. But that to me is is the comp. Now he got six years, so could you go eight on Bayo? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and quite frankly, I hope it happens because if Bayo wins the Cy Young in 2024, he's got all the leverage and he can wait till free agency. And that would be the most Red Sox move ever for that to happen. But I hope something gets done uh, sometime this year. If he has the dreaded Tommy John at some point, so be it. And the Red Sox did something smart when they signed John Lackey. He had initially a five-year deal, and they said if there was a clause in the contract, if he were to have Tommy John, it would add one more year to the deal at the major league minimum. So I'd love to see something like that. You probably won't get away with the major league minimum. It would, like, let's say Bayo's getting, on average, let's say $15 million a year. Maybe that add-on year would be worth $5 million, let's say. So it's not nothing, but it's not the, the major league minimum. But that was a smart move by Theo Epstein to do that with um, John Lackey to give the Red Sox a little bit of protection there. So It worked out. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. So um, for me, we've looked at some of the deals that some of these teams have shelled out. And Cody just hit on the, the number one team that has given out the best deals. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Ronald Acuna, who signed a, an eight-year, $100 million deal. Austin Riley, 10 years, 212. That is $100 million less than what we are paying our third baseman. Um, and then, of course, the starting pitcher, six for 75, Spencer Strider, is making $1 million this year, $1 million next year, $4 million in 2025, $20 million in 2026, 20, $22 million in 2027 and probably around $20 million, uh, again in 2028 to complete that deal, maybe a little bit more. But just like an incredible amount of, of money for, you know, five, six years. This is someone who already had, I think, a little, I think a year, two years of arbitration. We would be buying out all of his arbitration years. I can totally see a nine-year 150 or 10-year $150 million deal. And wow, it may seem like not a lot of money, if you're if you're looking at Acuna's deal, Acuna was nine. Let me see here. Let me look that guy up. So Acuna was nine, eight years for 100 million. You'd be essentially giving an extra 50 million over two years. It, it is Boston. It is a premier city, a premier town. We would also show we are serious about our players. We are serious about winning, and we want to pay our homegrown talent if they're willing to stay. We'll do what we can because if you let players like these guys go, I mean. They didn't just re-sign Rafael Devers for one reason, just for for you know the fact that we want to win games. They did that so that they didn't alienate their entire fan base. If you lose somebody like Rafael Devers, a premier third base talent that you're not going to find ever again, or maybe you will, but in 20 years, you're gonna you're gonna leave a lot of our fans peeved. A lot of people wondering, oh, this team doesn't really care about the fans. They they just don't care, and that honestly would have been a lot of mindsets and. Maybe mine too. Um, but I think that $150 million for, I mean, Terry, you talked about Rafael Devers. Had we re-signed Rafael Devers three, four years ago, it would not have been $300 million. It would have been 220 230 maybe. That would have been $80 million on the table. 
we could have allocated for other things. Not to say he's not worth the money, but we could have been smart about it. And I think this is a way to get ahead of it to make up for that damage that we incurred by not being smart with Rafi Deckers. That's my two cents on that one. Anything else that either one of you guys want to add for, uh, for that? Terry, you're thinking. I would be afraid of an opt-out being put in. But, yeah. And I was only comparing... Maybe an opt-out? I was only comparing mine to other pitchers. Um, so, sure. you know, we'll see. I mean, as long as they get something done, either way. Hopefully, we're just going to develop more of these guys, too. <laughs> over the next several years. So that way it's not as like an emergency situation as the Devers thing was starting to seem, but that's yeah. uh, Fair enough. Uh, Yep. Number four on the hit parade here, Terry, totally legit or calling the cops. The Tampa Bay Rays finally win the world series. You know what? (laughs) That's totally legit. I, I, why not? They finally have the offense to do it. Uh, I, I do. They still have the lowest payroll. Uh, no, the lowest payroll is Oakland by a mile. Okay, well that doesn't count. Um, yeah, I yeah. I <laughs> then, just... then yes, they're they're twenty. Uh, they're twenty third. Excuse me. Baltimore is actually 29th. So there okay. are a couple teams that are are lower. So actually, I'm sure twenty seventh on Spotrack with only the um, Pirates, Orioles, and Athletics below them. I, so I apologize. So uh, the opening twenty six man roster is twenty eighth. The collective bargaining tax forty man roster they're twenty third. But the opening roster was twenty eighth, and only uh, Baltimore was behind them. And go figure, they're first and second. Yeah, and as much as I criticize the Red Sox for not spending enough money, I just feel like the Red Sox have no, had no choice but to spend money because there just wasn't anyone in the upper levels of the farm system, uh, specifically offensively. Uh, but for the Rays to do it on you know a, a pretty low payroll, and then you got Steve Cohen trying to break baseball with his payroll being what close to 400 million, maybe something like that. Um, I just, I would rather see the, the smaller payroll team win it. So why not Tampa? Cody. They've been there recently. They've been there a couple of times. Um, you know, they kind of have a taste for it. Um, as, as Terry mentioned, it's, you know, kind of cool when you have these small market teams that do it a different way. So as it's called, uh, I look at it from the view of who's going to beat them at this point, right? I mean, clearly the league hasn't thus far and there's no, you know, national league equivalent. Like, yeah, the Braves, the pirates and the diamondbacks are all, you know, playing well right now. But, you know, if you go toe to toe, I just don't see a team that can do it over a seven game series that can get them four times in, you know, in a week and a half, two weeks. So I got to say, this is totally legit. I think the Rays are going to get it done. Knock on wood, I guess. I don't know for the sake of being right about a take. Um, But I just, I can't fathom, uh, you know, apart from something catastrophic happening, I, I don't see another team beating Tampa this season. 
This team is absolutely insane. I mean, Randy Rosarena, Wander Franco, Brendan Lau is injured right now. Yanni Diaz is also going off. This team just isn't missing. And that's just their offense. And then you look at their pitching. Shane McClanahan, 11 and 1 this year. Zach Eflin, 8 and 3 this year. Drew Rasmussen is injured, but will come back. He's four and two. Taj Bradley is a rookie this year. He's four and three. Tyler Glasnow, two and oh. He's back. And this is all after they lost one of their guys for the whole season. They lost Jeffrey Springs, who was on fire to start the season. Better than anybody in Major League Baseball. Better than Sonny Gray, who was insane this year. It's crazy to put those two together. But if you look at Jeffrey Springs' first couple starts this year and Sonny Gray, they were almost aligned. One earned run for both of them. So, yeah, you know what, Terry? Hell, why not? Why not them? Why not this year? They came pretty darn close once before. Why not? This team's incredible. They they definitely deserve it. The team that's the X factor here, I think, is the Rangers. Are they going to you know, make a move to essentially replace Jake DeGrom, who won't be back this year? Um, but who else scares you? I guess the Astros can get you know, their offense all healthy for once, but um, I don't know. I just, I still don't see any of those teams being as balanced, you know, as, as Tampa, but Bruce Bochy has done it. What? Four times, three times, something like that with the uh, giants. And he is now the manager of, uh, the Rangers. So isn't that crazy? Their turnaround coincides with him taking over. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, right on. So moving into our fifth and final spot for totally legit or calling the cops, Cody Ronald Acuna will be the first major league ball player to hit the 30, 50 mark in major league baseball history, 30 home runs, 50 stolen bases, totally legit. Or are you calling the cops? I was saying it's totally legit. Uh, if nothing else, then just the kid in me wanted to see something cool, right? Uh, records were made to be broken. Uh, he's already had a 41-37 season, and that was with the old rules. He has been absolutely bludgeoning the new stolen base rule. He's at, what, 15-30, and 30, I think, right now at this point. Uh, so if he just continues on, knock on wood, stays happy, that's it right there. That's that's 30 and 60. Um I, I think he's going to blow the stolen base mark out of the water. It's just, you know, can you get hot in bunches and, and hit a couple long balls? He's definitely, um, you know, a 40 home run threat each year. He stays healthy, but he has had some unique injuries to say the least. So knock on what he stays healthy. I think he gets it done. Terry. Short and sweet. Um, unless he blows out his other ACL. I, I think that's totally legit. Um, you know, I think his superstardom, his accolades and everything are going to definitely surpass Freddie Freeman's in Atlanta. And he's the next great player, uh, you know, aside from Chipper Jones and probably better. So, you know, he's the face of their franchise. Uh, he's got an opt out coming up in a few years, but I, I think... I think the Braves are going to want to they're, – they're not going to pass on him like, like they did Freeman. I think he's going to be the face of their franchise for well over the next decade. Yeah, Fre Freeman played in Atlanta for, I think, what, 12 years? And then he's been to L.A. now for just two. 
Freddie Freeman hit 30 home runs or more three times. Never hit more than 40. Cracked the 100 RBI mark only twice as a member of the Braves. Ronald Acuna had a 41-100 37-year, uh, as Cody's talking about. I think he's going to be a better hitter like all around. Uh, better base hit. He's going to be able to do it all better than, than Freddie Freeman. Uh, I absolutely think this is totally legit. So the the highest, the closest that anyone has gotten to 30-50 was Mike Trout when he had 30 home runs and 49 stolen bases. Cody, you pulled up an interesting stat as far as 30 or 40-50 or 40-60. You said that Ricky Henderson had 28 home runs and 87, or 87 stolen bases. That was back in the day when, when Ricky was stealing like 100 a season. Correct, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. But to to you know just be you know open and, and true to this, there have only been two players that have hit 40-40. There have been multiple that have come very, very close. Uh, we've talked about a few. Matt Kemp, Alfonso Soriano, just either one home run or one RBI away. And Soriano came close to it three times. The guy was just an absolute force. Uh, Canseco obviously was the very first one to do it, and then A-Rod did it 10 years later. Um I definitely think that he's going to join the party. He'll probably be in the 40-40 party, but he will definitely be the first 30-60. Absolutely, totally legit. Anything else that you gents want to add? I'm just embarrassed I picked the Mets to win the division and said, this is the year. Atlanta doesn't do it. That was my oh, we're just We're looking forward. We're not, we're not looking backwards to our predictions. We just, we just keep those back there. That's <laughs> yeah. bad for a lot of us. That was my yeah, dumb exactly. take for the winter. And for the record, when the Angels win the AL West, I'm going to let everybody know it. I can't wait for that moment. I can't wait. But that's gonna that's gonna wrap it off. It's gonna wrap it up for all of us here tonight. I want to thank uh, all of our. Actually, we would like to thank all of our loyal listeners to those that have been here for you know 1,000th visit, or to the newcomers who are hearing us for the very first time. We appreciate all of you. Everyone have a wonderful rest of your night. Take care. <laughs>